Three, two, one, go. And we're live. This is Retrace segment number 103. 103, right? <laughs> uh, for January 1st, 2023. I can't see it on my screen. I had to... Let's do this again. Oh, jeez. It's 103. I know it's 103, but... Okay. Uh, January 1st, 2023. I'm clearly prepared for the new year. Um, <laughs> that blows my whole rhythm. What are we doing? It's the beginning of our deep dive into AMA 4E. And this is day one and chapter one. And we're trying to establish some norms. Um, I don't, I'm not going to teach the book. I've already said that. Uh, I'm not, I, you know, I can't, I'm not going to try to replace the book with my own little short version because it's such a good book that, you know, it's, it doesn't need replacing. It is its own best version. Um, and there's so much to talk about. <laughs> okay. Uh, January 1st, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern, by the way, if you don't have a clock or a watch or some way of discovering the time for yourself. Helpful. Every night we tell you the time here on Retrace. Retrace is for outsiders. The Retrace is about what's going on out there. The short answer to that is confusing. We're off to a great start in 2023. But I didn't say 2022. That's good. I thought, I, I'm definitely going to do that. All right. Um, this is just going to be a quick one. Uh Okay, amendments and corrections first, 102. Yesterday I talked about Kurzweil and all that. And, man, I probably just stepped in it. Like, I shouldn't I shouldn't go into that stuff. It, it, it arrived, like, so much, there's so much heat in the debate about, you know, whether he's right, whether he's a con man, whether all this stuff. And I just sort of was reminded of that as I went through trying to dig up the sources and cite all the things that I said that I, you know, stuff I haven't thought about in years and came out during that segment. Um, and so let's put it this way. Well, first of all, I made a big mistake. I said, I said, he said 2042. So I can't find anywhere that he said 2042. I, I must've heard somebody say that he said that, but he seems to have always said 2045 for the singularity. The only sort of exception to that is he talks about a congressional debate about like social security that Who's pr the the projections of which ended in 2042, and he says that's roughly like the singularity time frame. So, so maybe I mean I don't remember reading that, but maybe that's where I got the 2042. Anyway, our timer is going to stay at 2042. Let's 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 have a look here. Let's have a look at our timer over here on the I don't know. Can I? There you go. Uh, so our 2042 clock, 18 years, 364 days, one hour and f uh, 58 minutes. Um, I'm. I'm pretty confident in these clocks. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I was doubting them for a little bit uh, yesterday while I, as I sort of dug around trying to find a good one and then ended up having to sort of write a little bit of my own. Um, but these seem to be accurate based on my own little, little manual calculations and, and that sort of thing. Um, so 18 years until uh, what? Until nothing, okay? So nothing happens in 2042. Nobody said anything's happening in 2042 except me. Uh, but, but I think of it this way and I've always, I've always latched onto 2042 because and here we go. Like people are going to, I know people are going to say I bought into the singularity stuff. I'm not a singularitarian. I am not, I am not a rapture of the nerds type of guy. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be raptured if they're rapturing the nerds. I wish I were a nerd. I'm not, I don't think I'm smart enough to be a nerd. Um, I am not, and I don't think Kurzweil is a cult leader either. Like Sam Harris you know, I went and found where he called him a carnival bar barker, and just before that, he called him a cult leader. He's not a cult leader. I don't think he's a cult. Look, he sells supplements. People get on him for that. Like, but I mean, if the guy is trying, 
if the guy is trying to sell supplements by writing the books that he's writing, he is the worst supplements con man. It's so inefficient, <laughs> the amount of work that he's done, even if, even if you don't trust his methods. Anyway, um, I, I, yeah, like I said, you know, some things he says, and I'm like, Ugh, but overall, I think the guy is worth listening to and a serious person. He might have some crazy in him, and he might have more crazy in him the older he gets. Some people get crazier when they get old, or crazier as they get older, and some people start out crazy and then get more sane as they get older. He, I don't know which one he is, but there's so much vitriol on the internet. Did you know this? Have you ever been on the internet? Holy crap. Anyway, I'm trying to protect myself a little bit from it here, but it's too late. I've already said things I'm, gonna, I'm going to be vitrioled for. Um, I'm going to keep that clock right there, damn it, 2042. That's the day. Because, you know, the way that I think about it, let's say that the singularity happened. I, no, I shouldn't say it with attitude. Like, now nah, I'm a skeptic. No, no, no. I, I was always a certain level of skeptic, but I also think there's a good chance that he's going to be approximately right about something approximating what he says. I see even there. I'm like, I'm getting all Weasley. I'm not being Weasley. Singularity is happening in 2045, bitches. <laughs> I don't believe that. But, you know, it's putting things on the calendar changes the game, which is why we have calendars. Put it on your calendar. 2045, 2042, 2099. The only thing is things that are too far away might as well be infinity away. I mean, what, 2100? A lot of experts, you know, they poll the experts at different times about what's going to happen. And first of all, experts are not... I've read that the studies don't suggest that experts are any better at predicting. Actually, that's in AMA 4E Chapter 1. The experts aren't any better at They cite a, a study um, better at predicting uh, the future of their field than, than outsiders. Um, but they poll the experts and, you know, people are keeping track of what the experts – when the experts think that certain artificial intelligence milestones will be met um, – but if I tell you things are going down in 2021, it's going to be like global warming in the 70s and 80s where it's like, even if you took it seriously, it's like it's so far away. Let's worry about it when it's too late to do something about it. No. 2042. Bitches. <laughs> um, but I think of it as like if something is if, – if we really are on track for something that's approximate, approximately going to happen in 2045, uh, then you know the last year that you'll be able to do anything about it in any, you have to be aiming for ahead of schedule is the way I think of it. So 2042. 18 years, 364 days, and one hour and 54 minutes. Get ready for 2042. Um, okay. <laughs> I knew I should have started. I didn't mean to start talking about that yesterday, and now I'm talking about it again today. But anyway, no, nobody ever said 2042 except me. I'm, I'm doubling down. I'm going full Trump on this thing. 2042 is what everybody should have been saying. Take that to the bank. Okay, that's amendments and corrections uh, with full attitude for one oh re one oh two. Um, reread chapter one of AMA four E today, and it was good. I hadn't read it in about a year, and it reminded me of a lot of stuff. I'm not going to go through it all. It's more like um, it's a good overview of artificial intelligence. It's a it, it and it sort of injects a theory of AI. Of course, it does. It's a textbook, that, and they've got a theory or or a, or beliefs about how to think about AI, so, and, and then it gives history and engineering, found, or, you know, intellectual foundations, and then you know, projections about the future, and then all. Oh, it's just fantastic. It's just a fantastic book. There's nothing I can add to it, and yet I keep talking. Uh, but I, there's something I noticed just like a few minutes before I went live that I'd never really noticed before, um, 
and I don't know if this is profound or not, but it just struck me. So at the top of each chapter, there's like 28 chapters, uh, something like that. Um, at the top of each chapter, they have sort of a summary uh, statement. Very helpful. Um, and a little, sort of like, an, like a super tight abstract. I'm not talking about like the first couple of paragraphs. I mean really like a one-sentence um, summary statement. And for the introduction, it says this. Um, in, it's it's not uh, it's not a, a full sentence. It's it's a it's a sentence. It's a clause or something. Uh, so introduction, in which we try to explain why we consider artificial intelligence intelligence to be a subject most worthy of study, and in which we try to decide what exactly it is. This being a good thing to decide before embarking. Okay, great. Thanks for the thing that struck me about it is. It seems to me like we shouldn't decide what it is. If if AI is, you know, it's a science and it's a, it's an engineering endeavor. It's it's like they're trying to understand something and they're also trying to build it. They're, it's a yin and yang thing. You can't really understand these things until you build them. Who was it that Vico or somebody who said, I only know what I build? Eh, great. Now I got to go dig that up. Um, but, you know, it's this idea that, like, we're not going to just be able to introspect. We're not just going to be able to you know, shine lights and cameras on, on intelligent entities and figure this thing out. Like, we're really going to have to build it ourselves, uh, I think, is, has become, if, if, if I don't know when it became a fundamental premise of, of the, the discipline of artificial intelligence, um, but it seems to be one now. And, and it makes perfect sense to me. I'm not, I'm not questioning it. Um, but it is weird to decide what it is. Why do we get to decide? We get to decide what to do and what to think about it. But we don't get to decide what it is. But anyway, I, I sound like I'm like, oh, look at me. I found some flaw in their thinking. I didn't find any flaw in their thinking. It's just an interesting word that they say twice in that short little spam. Okay, look, there's one thing I did want to – actually, two things. Well, first, the first, I wanted to call out um, this thing that I had forgotten about, that this uh, analogy that they draw to the Wright brothers and the first flying machines. Um, they do it in the context. This is on page two. Of uh, okay, so they 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 have four different aspects of intelligence that they sort of cross into um, into uh, into four categories. They intersect. Four shouldn't lead to four, but it does. It's not combinatorics. Okay. Anyway, um, you can either judge intelligence you know from the human standard like you know are they thinking like a human is, is this entity thinking like a human or or you can judge it by the the absolute sort of mathematical rationality standard is this thing thinking rationally because humans aren't very rational uh, in certain contexts in lots of contexts um, so so human you can think of um, intelligence from a human or a, an absolute rationality point of view and then the other um, sort of uh, pair uh, that they you know that almost forms a spectrum is, is the um Thought versus behavior dichotomy. So, is it thinking rationally or is it behaving rationally? Um, and so, then they go through and they do a section on each kind. So, acting humanely, they call that the Turing test approach. Not humanely, humanly. Uh, the Turing test approach. Thinking humanly is the cognitive modeling approach. Thinking rationally is the laws of thought approach. Acting rationally is the rational agent approach. And then, um, I they sort of settle on the the rational agent approach that's the one that they embrace um and and blah 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 okay the thing that i wanted to add to that let's go to the diagram and this comes from um 
Hoffman's uh, uh, what is it called? Um, the, the uh, reality illusion. What is it? What is it? Uh, oh crap! I don't have it near me. What is it? What is it? Donald Hoffman, The Case Against Reality. Um, okay, so, and we've talked about this on Retrace before. I don't remember where I'll find it and put it in the notes. Um, but if we add one more, and so you're seeing two diagrams here that represent the same thing with, from different sort of, um, in different uh, frames of, in different frames. So on the left, let's say that um, we're talking about dimensions or, or, you know, a spectrum of value so like a little you know intelligent entity would be some dot in a three-dimensional space it's either more or more human um think it thinks like you know that the agent is more human thinking or it's more rational like purely mathematically rational uh it's more um it's more you know a, a rational thinker than a rational behavior behavior or maybe it's right smack dab in the middle and then i add this third dimension which is the, the model and so we call the first one an agent model is it human or is it rational the second one is an evident is is what evidence we're using i wouldn't call it an evidence model it's just what evidence we're using are we are we using as evidence the thinking or the behavior or smack dab in the middle both i i want to add to that um the environment model are, are you is the agent um intelligent with respect to the actual environment the truth or is it intelligent with respect to fitness? We've talked about the the good model, RTFM, uh, right, true, fit, and mix that we sort of concocted, um, that, that something can be good because it's the right, the moral right thing to do. It can be good because it's true, like it has real fidelity to the reality if, if, if we're able to determine such a, a thing. And then, um, and then it can be uh, good for being... Um, good for one's fitness. So it doesn't really matter whether it's true. It just leads you to survive longer and have more babies and that sort of thing. Right, true, fit. And then the mixture of, the, of those three is really what happens in practice. Well, that, that, this environment, those are, you know, that, that's a, this truth versus fitness that Hoffman pointed out. Um, and, and, and he argues that, you know, evolution, the, um, the algorithm of Darwin, Darwinian evolution uh, would not um, lead to... Uh, creatures who had a a good perception of reality it, it would only lead to creatures who had a good uh, or a, a, the best perception of reality that would lead to fitness or the best the most fit perception of reality it doesn't matter what's underlying and then he gives you know the sort of computer model of um you know a desktop environment versus the actual hardware where the what's really happening in a computer is voltages on wires and, you know, on a wafer um, for the most part. But uh, what we see is, you know, a desktop environment, whatever you're looking at right now. Right. Um, so, so I wanted to add that to their, to their modeling of intelligent agents. Um, and, and that's it. That's, that's that part. And then the other thing I wanted to quickly mention uh, is this, um, so did I? So the artificial flight thing, um, yeah, we've talked about thinking about um, uh, artificial intelligence. What did I, what did I say about this? Jeez. Um, well, if, if we need to think in terms of the difference that that they call here, the difference between uh, you know making birds and making planes when we invented artificial flight. Nobody was trying to make artificial birds. Um, we wanted to make something. Oh yeah, submarines and swimming is the other thing that we we got from um, uh, Dijkstra, Edgar Dijkstra. Um, so whether machines can think 
is like asking asking whether machines can think is like asking whether submarines can swim. It's, it's a non, sort of a nonsensical question. Um, asking whether planes can flap their wings. You know, planes can fly. Birds can fly. We don't have a problem with that word fly the way we have it with think. And, we're, and crucially, birds have brains. So the idea that, well, we, we certainly didn't build artificial birds in order to learn. Yeah, of course, because first of all, well, and we didn't build artificial fish when we needed submarines. And the guy who invented submarines is in here. Chapter one. What did he He invented something else. Anyway, um, funny how things are connected. Okay, um, so if we build um, artificial intelligence, you know, as if we would in 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 a way that's analogous to having built built artificial birds. Like, imagine if we had artificial birds flying all over because we just wanted to prove that we understood flight, and the only way to understand flight is to build a build a real bird ourselves. But like. If that bird the, – the, the analogy breaks down because the bird has a brain. The thing that makes artificial birds flying all over the sky scary is because of the brains. It's not just – it's not the flight. Whereas if we, if we then move to the generalization of artificial intelligence, it's all about the brain. So it doesn't quite call out the concern. But, but Dan Dennett in, um, in one of the, the Brockman books, the second one, um, Possible Minds uh, – makes the point that we should be building tools not colleagues okay i you know i think of it like like we want we want r2d2 and c3po we don't want smith from the matrix <laughs> we don't you know we don't even want well there are other bad guys in the matrix but he's the main one right we we don't we want star wars not the matrix obviously but this is not like flight in the sense that we can we can't accidentally build a bird while we're trying to make a plane. But the concern in artificial intelligence is that we can definitely accidentally build a smith <laughs> when we're trying to make R2-D2. So, so I wanted to call that out. And that's it. That's, that's just chapter one. The thing about chapter one is it's all, it's all soil and, and it's going to be callbacks to, mis, to mix. Am I mixing a metaphor? Is callback a metaphor? Um, to mix metaphors. It doesn't – there's no – this is the generalist AI um, mind in a nutshell, this 35-page this chapter. It's AI generalism. Immediately in chapter two, we get into to intelligent agents and agent architecture, which we've talked about, table-driven agent. Um, and, and so we're specializing from chapter two. But from chapter one, we're only specializing into artificial intelligence. From chapter two, we're specializing within artificial intelligence. And we don't choose a specialty and then stick to that. You know, the rest of the book is devoted to the different specialties of artificial intelligence, you know, from a high level and introductory point of view. Uh, but, but chapter one is like, is, is like screaming all of the origins, both in time and in conceptual space, of the later chapters. So that's, that's what uh, we're going to be calling back to it a lot, et cetera. Okay, that's it. Um, this has been Re 103. I'm getting used to I'm getting used to a new pace and a new routine, and I'm a slow effing reader. So I didn't have four hours of reading in my daily routine un until today, and I'm like, I get used to it. Um, <laughs> on top of everything else, uh, but it's fun. It's great. And um, but tomorrow we're gonna go at two p.m. again. Last holiday schedule. I got holiday commitments. I got to do them. It's the last holiday change of schedule. We'll be back to ten p.m. normal time. 
uh, going forward from there. Uh, this has been Re103, uh, Retrace.com, R-E-T-R-A-I-C-E.com. Same time, not same time, 2 p.m. I just said it. Signing off. <laughs>